0: Love, talk Radio. Yakuza. Yakuza. Yakuza Kick Radio. 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 This is the Bulldozer Matt Fremont. And that there's one place to listen to on the internet, every Thursday, 9 p.m., Yakuza Kick Radio. My name is Justice Payne, and you are listening to Yakuza Kick Radio. You're coming to come on Thursday night in This is a brotherhood, and we all stick together The Acoustic Kick Radio has risen from the ashes of bad internet radio and become the premier place for any independent professional wrestler to stop and record their voice. The shit is bananas. Bitch. Well, this is Mr. Insanity, Toby Fine, and if you're not listening to Yakuza Kick Radio, then you're weird. Boom. I don't like the cut of your jib, fella. This is Greg Excellent, bearded dragon of the Northeast. You're listening to Yakuza Kick Radio. If you're not, you're probably watching porn and you have this muted. You should be listening to it. Jason Mann. man. Where are Biggie and Tupac? Yakuza Kick Radio. <laughs> <laughs> Give a nigga real quick, i guys. All you have to do is listen to Yakuza Kick Radio, but... Now look at that doc, you only. Fuck that. Black D. Bullshit, <laughs> man. motherfucker. Fuck you. Fuck you and fuck you. Who's next? And now, ladies and gentlemen, for the introduction. Hosted by J.Cat Morris. You are now listening to Yakuza, Yakuza Kick, Radio. Kick Radio. Welcome to Yakuza Kick Radio. I'm your host, J. Cat Morris. It is, uh, I don't even know what fucking day is it. Uh, Wednesday? I think it's a Wednesday. Uh, I got Toby Klein in the chat. I got my homie Russell, Anthony, um, Nina's up in there. Um, so what's going on, everybody? Uh, figure I'll do the whole, uh, Facebook live combo with the, uh, blog talk thing. I like the, the interaction, couple new years and all of that stuff. And, uh, you know, so I figure I, I keep this uh, role going as long as I can till, uh Facebook realizes that I'm definitely not PC and they kick me off or some shit because it's bound to happen. Um, it's way easier to report people on Facebook than it is on Blog talk or it sends like an email. Who knows? Uh, so anyway, what's going on? Um, I got a couple GCW shows to cover. Um, definitely have some things to say about that. Um, I guess right from the start, um let's let's get into the Leo Rush thing. Um Leo Rush, I've heard a couple different things as far as his uh I, he's renegotiating contracts and this and that. I've heard different things as far as the actual money and uh you know what he could be making or what he was offered and what he's turning down and stuff, and it is what it is. I'm not really concerned with what he was making or what he should be making or anything out. Um the thing I wanted to talk on is is the fact that he's I guess unhappy with his spot um my boy Shaheen and them and Boxman covered it on their podcast uh THT podcast um I have my own kind of insight on that they touched on part of like my interaction with them too so I want to like bring it back and um and just uh touch base on my interaction with Leo first off I think Leo's a jerk off I just he's an arrogant asshole and um he he, You know, you, you can't come into the business, I mean, what I fuck do I know about the business, but to come into it as young as he was, he had barely any experience, he's athletically gifted beyond uh, anybody's belief, I mean, within two, three years of working, I mean, the guy was blowing people's minds, what he can do in the ring, how smooth he was, I mean, the dude is really, really good, but, so... I, you know, as, as I see people impressive like that, I'm like, shit, yeah, I'd love to talk to this kid, you know, get him on the podcast, talk to him a little bit, and, um, you know, just just find out where he came from, all of that type of stuff, and um, so, you know, I reached out to him, and initially it was like, hey, you know, you want to be on the show, da-da-da, and look, I, not everybody wants to be on a podcast, I, I'm just one of 8,000 fucking podcasts, and even though I've been doing it for, you know, uh I don't know what eight, nine years. Eric's in the chat. How long have I do, been doing this shit, Eric? Uh Eric would know exactly because I, I started doing the show via Eric. Um so give him a second. Yeah yeah so you know I've been doing this shit a while and I I think that counts for something. But in the same token, you don't want to do the podcast, you don't want to do the podcast. I get it. Uh, nine years, possibly, nine fucking years, so uh, there weren't quite as many around back then, and to be honest with you, uh, there weren't a lot of podcasts covering the indies at all when I started doing this shit, especially not CZW, CZW did not have a podcast presence at all, Uh, Eric was doing some things, they would touch base on some things, but on some real shit, like, there weren't anybody covering the type of stuff that I was covering when I started doing this nine fucking years ago, so... So anyway, a uh, long story short, I reached out to Leo Rush initially and, uh, he was like, yeah, 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 I'll, I'll do it. And, uh, I said, all right, well, you know, I did a show at nine, you know, Wednesdays at the time, like I wasn't very flexible with my night, which is kind of stupid because live listening doesn't really matter. So I should just, you know, in time, I realized I should just figure out whenever the fuck I want to do it. Just like I did today. It was like, all right, let's do a show. So let, let's go do the thing. Um, but Wednesday, it kind of like handcuffed me to like this one little period of time. And it was like, it it either worked for people or it didn't work. And it was like, oh, I'm busy Wednesday. I'm like, oh, let's try next Wednesday. So it was kind of stupid. But, um, so anyway, my deal was like, all right, Wednesday nights at like nine is when I go. And he's like, uh, that that's kind (laughs) of, he said, uh, nine is, is pretty late. I kind of have a kid. And, like, he legitimately, I kind of have a kid, which I have three kids and a fucking job. So when an indie wrestler tells me that, like, 9 o'clock is pretty late because he kind of has a kid, I think he's, he's a joke at this point. Now, okay, maybe he's not good at, like, communicating or whatever the case is. Um, So I was just like, all right, it is what it is. And I'm like, dude, you know, I don't want inconvenience. So I just left it alone. You know what I mean? and I just moved on, and um, so then, like, a couple months had passed, his stock kept rising, the dude just kept tearing it up on the indies, and mostly CCW, but he was getting well-known really quick, and I was just like, you know, all right, I'm still watching this guy, and he, then at some point he put out this whole thing Like if you want to If uh, anyone wants to have me on a podcast Or book me here's my email This is the way you, you have to book me Through through email and shit So I said fuck it he, He's putting podcasts there As like part of Like alright if, if you want to have me on your show Wrestling wise you want to have me on your podcast Email so I said you know We tried this shit one time on uh, Messenger maybe he's figured out his time schedule I know he still kind of has a kid but I mean, maybe we could work this shit out where... I don't know. So, I shot him an email. Hey, man, still want to have you on the show? See you, you know, kind of reaching out for podcast type thing. And, um... So, I get a fucking email back. And it's funny, because he's like... He's speaking as if it's not him. Like, he's got an agent now. (laughs) And it's like, uh, thank you for your interest in having Mr. Rush on the show. This and this and this. And it's like, uh there would be a hundred dollar fee and interviews can run no longer than 45 minutes. <laughs> I said, oh shit. This motherfucker's office fucking rocker. Like this dude's like fucking three years in the business. And again, look, nobody owes me shit. You want to do the fucking podcast. You want to do the podcast, but like I've had way bigger fucking names than you on, if we're going to get right down to it. And I will never have never fucking paid somebody to fucking talk to them. So, um, I'm talking about Leo Rush, Greg. Um, so when I got that the super official message back, that you know it would be a hundred dollars to talk to you for forty-five minutes, and then previously you know we had talked about and you, well, nine o'clock is pretty late because I, I kind of have a kid. So I said, all right, this kid's a jerk off. I'm I'm just thanks thanks but no thanks, man. Like. If someone else is going to pay you. And, and to be honest with you, I haven't heard a single fucking podcast with Leo Rush on. So I don't know if he got any bites on that $100, 45-minute conversation. But um, so I was just like, fuck this kid. And, um, you know, he went into the WWE soon after. You know, he had criticized Emma on there. And he, had, he was in hot water because of that. And then people were like, I don't know. I don't think he's very humble. And uh, straight up. I mean, again, within a short period of time, I saw a big difference between him and anybody else I hit up. There were people I hit up. There were like uh, Jonathan Gresham. I hit him up. He was like, yeah, I really don't like doing podcasts. If you, you know, if you want to send me some questions, we could do like a written thing or whatever. I said, sure, no problem. No disrespect at all. Like some people just ain't interested in doing it. You know, it, it's as simple as that. But when it's like, you know, fucking hundred dollars, I don't know who the fuck you think you're talking to, man. It's just not, it, it's not that to me. You know what I mean? Where I need to, pay somebody. So I already got that vibe about Leo. So when it comes down the road and like now he's he's upset with his spot and the dude's on TV every single week when other guys are still buried in NXT for a long time, it's like so when it comes down to like my opinion on it, I think he's a jerk off. I think he's he's arrogant because he's really athletically gifted. He's really fucking good athletically. No question about it. But I mean, he kind of got his way really quick. And I have a feeling that that's kind of been the vibe of his life because you could tell when like people aren't used to being told no, you know, whether it be a girl or, or a guy, and like, you like you say something to them and they just take it like, What the fuck? What, I, so things aren't going my way? Like, what do you mean? Like, uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, I haven't done jerk off in a week, uh, jerk off of the week in a long time. Uh, Eric brought up, uh, yeah, I used to do jerk off of the week. But, like, everybody's a jerk off to me now. So it would just be like a whole show of just pointing people out. But, uh, yeah, so that's just my opinion on it, because I know it was a lot of talk about that. I mean, he he's one of the most talented guys on their fucking roster, hands down. I mean, that guy and Ricochet could main event any fucking pay-per-view, straight up. But if one Ricochet is going to be there smiling, asking the boss, what do you need, what do you need, and Leo's going to be shaking his head going, no, it should be my time, fuck that, get the fuck out of here. I mean, there's – There's a lot of other guys. ACH is on his way up. He's in the fucking NXT, developmental, whatever. They'll swap him right the fuck out with Leo. Leo will be the fuck out of there. Um, Part of me wants to think that, like, they're just creating a faction, and it's, like, him and Sasha and, like, whoever else is, like, pretending they're on their way out the door, and they just creative faction i hope so honestly because the, the amount of opportunities that sasha got so early and the amount of opportunities that he got so early like i can't imagine they're that fucking disgruntled and they're just like i gotta get the fuck out of here like i don't know i don't watch it enough to know if it's even remotely close to a work but i don't know um what else do i want to talk about oh yeah let's let's talk about the um let me give Stephen a like one more night of fucking airplay. Uh, so now I, no one's going to know who the fuck this is, uh, and rightfully so. Uh, so there's a little jerk-off kid that lives in uh, China. Uh, he's a huge, huge mark uh, for Japanese deathmatch wrestling mostly. Um, he runs some kind of podcast or three, four podcasts. I don't know. He's He's got a like a deathmatch news podcast and some other wrestling bubble, this, that. I I don't know um he had hit me up a while while back probably a year ago now and asked to be on my show and I just kind of no sold him because like if you just random other I also do a podcast I want to talk to you on the air type thing I I really I'm not that interested you know there's some wrestlers that I like to talk to so you know I've had guests on the show obviously um some of which are in the chat room and you know I mean I, I I do like to have conversation with people but I'm not good at small talk. I'm not good at being fake or pretending like we're cool and shit. And, um, you know, I, I have that <laughs> very small circle, you know, within my personal life, just because of the same thing. I can't, I can't make too much small talk or just pretend like we're super cool for the sake of doing it. Like, it just, I guess that's just part of me just being genuine. Um, so he hit me up and I just gave him like a thumbs up, whatever. And I didn't tell him to fuck off or anything. And then, uh, year later or so this is a couple months back um he went on his podcast and and i guess because uh jeremy had told me about it, i wouldn't even know his podcast existed and um and and he said some shit like he went on like a because jeremy told me hey he's talking shit you know whatever he brought your name up so he gave me somewhat of a time stamp so i started listening and it was like he went on like this 15 minute like tirade on like joey ryan shit and like shitting on it and everything and immediately segued off of that by calling me a negative Nancy and saying that I have nothing good to say. What's going on here? Um and uh and I was like w- didn't he just finish shitting on something? Like I don't even disagree with what he just said, like but he just shit on something and then out of nowhere pretty much just called me like a negative Nancy, I have nothing good to say this and that. And like, oh, he probably only uh he probably doesn't even care about anything or just like real out of nowhere shit. Like why are you even mentioning my fucking name? So I went on and I fucking blasted him for fucking 20 minutes or whatever the case is. And, um, because I don't have a problem with burying people. I mean, if, if people are going to just throw my name into something, I'm, I'm game, man. We, We can go back and forth on some shit. I I'm up for petty shit. Let's let's, let's get it. But, um, so, so I got into it with him or whatever. Um, Apparently I didn't know Shaheen had like a radio um, Relationship with this dude You know I'm not No Beckham I mean he was He was like um, Doing some kind of like Cross promotional radio thing with him And he's like dude I didn't know That uh Hey what's going on Eddie? Um Yeah like I I didn't know that he was doing Like a thing where he was having him on He was talking to him He's like yo I didn't know that like What's going on, Anthony? Uh, I, he was uh, he was doing something with him, and he's like, "Yo, it, it's crazy. You just buried this fucking guy, cause like we had, we had just like done a show or we had just had some like cross promotion type shit going." On. I'm like, "Oh shit, I didn't know that. Like, I'm not sorry. I mean, I felt the way I felt." He's like, "Nah, nah, it's cool." And then like, I went on uh THT and and uh, him and Boxman were both like, "Yo, like you like you're mad at Stephen?" I'm like, first off, I don't fucking know Steven for shit. Like to." to be mad, to not be mad, but I don't like this little dickhead, he's a little nerd, he talks out of fucking, out of pocket, like, this dude's not built for that shit, he lives in China, so he pops shit about people, but, like, he's not about that, like, he's not that type of dude, and then I started hearing, like, oh, this dude's, like, he's, he's making, like, specific podcasts, like, based on shitting on wrestling fans, and I'm like, well, that sounds familiar, that's, a uh, that's fucking. That sounds just like what the fuck I be doing, and and I'm genuine. Again, I'm not I'm not doing anything. I'm doing for listens or for attention or anything like that. Like I'm I'm the way I am, and a lot of people like, you know, they might hear the shit and be like, oh, he's just he's just shitting on people, whatever. But if you talk to me like in real life, like I'll tell you the same kind of shit. Like I'm that's just how I am. Like I'm uh, yeah. But I I put tons of stuff over. I have a lot of um. I have a lot of uh, hobbies and things that I enjoy very much. I have a lot of happiness in my life. Um, so there, there's not really like a, uh, yeah, I, I call it like I see it. Everybody else, you know, who, who actually knows me will tell, will tell you that, like, yeah, it's, it's just straight up. So, um, so they're like, dude, like, why, why would you, like, uh, ah, he's like harmless and this and that. So now, guess what? Here we are, full circle. What did he do? He went and shit on Shaheen right after he was on his show and he said some old bullshit about him and um and then I had heard like cuz the thing is like they they went and they they got this big house, this big rental house in T-Neck for the um for the uh yeah, absolutely, Billy fuck whoever doesn't like it but um they went and they got like a big like mansion thing so they they rented that for the wrestlemania weekend it was like the wrestling suit guys the tht guys uh uh anthony i think he was out there uh the, the steven a Jerkoff kid um and the kind of consensus was we don't like this fucking kid like what's his fucking problem so, and I don't want to speak on their behalves, but motherfuckers just didn't like him. The report that I got back coming from that weekend without quoting anybody or putting anybody on blast, like, they didn't fucking like him the way that they did prior to that weekend. Like, everybody was like, oh, yo, know, why, why would you be so harsh on this dude? Nah, he, he's all right, he's all right. They came back from that weekend like, I can't stand that little motherfucker. So, I mean, maybe I'm just a good judge of character, you know what I mean? So... And, and Shaheen, like, went out of his way, made a fucking design for this dude. Uh, Stephen A. Jerkoff left that fucking weekend with money in his pocket based off of what the fuck Shaheen did for him. So he's an ungrateful little cocksucker to go forward and, and start talking shit about Shaheen on his fucking little bullshit show that nobody fucking listens to. You understand that every time, because he listens to my shit, so he's going to listen to this shit right here. Every time you go and run your fucking mouth about somebody else, there's got to be another motherfucker that tells the person you're talking about because nobody listens to your fucking show. This is your fucking airplay right here. You're currently getting more airtime being called a cocksucker than you would ever get saying anything on your show. You could do your little mimic JCap move where you try to be fucking, you try to be uh, controversial, or you try to say some old rough shit. But you're not witty. You're not funny. No one's tuning in for your fucking content. No one's popping in like, yo, I wonder what Stephen A's got to say next. No one's quoting your shit the day after your show. I'll get a fucking couple quotes after tonight because I got some shit to say. But it won't be be you. It won't be Stephen A said some old funny shit. Stephen A would have to copy some other funny shit to say some funny shit. He's just a fucking clown. He's an absolute clown. Motherfuckers use you for your fucking Japanese connections. No one fucking likes you. No one fucking likes you. And, like, he's, I guess, going to be the little tour guide for, um, uh, (laughs) he's going to be the little tour guide for the GCW tour when they go over there. He'll just be, like, ready and waiting for them and, like, oh, I'll show you all the spots. Like, get the fuck out of here. Nobody needs your shit. I don't give a fuck. Like, you don't have anything to offer me. So I never gave a fuck about you from day one. So it is what it is. And I know, Billy. I'm putting him over and, you know, just mentioning his name is giving him something. But this is what happened last time. I told him to keep my fucking name out of his mouth. I buried him for 20 minutes. And then he, like, at me on Twitter and shit. Fucking block. Get the fuck out of here. We're not doing this weekly. I said it before. I'll say it again. Go play with your fucking friends, man. I ain't looking to talk to you on a regular basis. So, uh. Yeah, Bobby Anthony is the fucking man, and uh, I wish the fucking guy would get back on Twitter so he can quote my shit every week. Cause he had the the dopest fucking quotes every week and be like, "Yo, quote tw- quote on the fucking tweets. I'm retweeting his shit, some shit that I said. Shaheen's been doing it too, so shout out to him. But um, but yeah, I, you know. It is what it is. I just don't appreciate it, you know, because on Shaheen's behalf, I don't appreciate it because I know Shaheen's a good dude. He goes out of his way to fucking help people, such as Stephen A. Jerkoff over there. And then, you know, he, he just he takes that shit for granted. He goes back. He thinks he's something so he can go on his show and, and shoot on people or whatever the fuck term he wants to use. And he just looks like an asshole. Everyone thinks you're an asshole. And, and it's not a thought. It's, it's, a, it's a fact they think you're an asshole because, wait for it, you're an asshole. That's why I call you Steven A. Asshole or Stephen A. Jerkoff <laughs> because there's got to be a third part to the name. It's not just Steven A. It's like A. Jerkoff, A. Asshole, A. Cocksucker. You know what I mean? There's, that's, that's where the name has to go. All right, let's get into fucking wrestling, right? Uh, GCW, The Block Is Hot. This one was in Asbury Park. Great fucking venue. Um, what the fuck is it? House of Independence. Um. Some sparkling water. Um. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Pierre, believe me. Um, the assholes that got mad when, uh, I was shooting ringside at Jersey All Pro. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. This is exactly the people's company We're talking about right now Um, So GCW block is hot Uh, This is um, uh, Asbury Park House of Independence One of the dopest venues on the east coast over here Um, I really like this fucking Joint Uh, No actually uh, this is a Poland Spring uh, Summer Strawberry Banging out I really like this one Uh, Eric Uh, It's not the Sanabi I haven't had those in a little bit I gotta uh, try to find them again, but yeah, I haven't gone to the shop right in Lacey over here where they got them. I stopped at the Babel one for these, I think. But anyway, um, it's a dope venue. Uh, company should definitely take advantage of this, you know, like CZW. Even uh Johnny Silver, who I had on last week, has said, uh, yeah, like CZW should run there primarily. It's fucking stupid to run in this other joint. Like no one cares about it. It's got a bad vibe. It's it's not not a good place this place is cool it's got a brick wall it's got some good lighting you know like so on on video it looks really good um so the show starts out um mjf's out there mjf is an absolute fucking star um maxwell jacob feinstein friedman something i think it's friedman now whatever um he's an absolute fucking star um the guy um I mean, he's got fucking charisma. He's got wrestling ability. The guy's only been in the business fucking two, three years, whatever the case is. Um, And uh, he, he's really fucking good. So I'm like, all right, great. Who who, who are we going to get wrestling this fucking guy? Uh, He's another one of the guys that bailed on fucking CZW like multiple times. Like he was their champion and decided I just don't want to fucking work there anymore and decided uh, I got an injury which he later on said that it was like fake or something. And, and it was like a running joke on Twitter, whether it's real or not, I don't fucking know, but he was pretty much openly saying on Twitter, like, yeah, yeah, here's my fake doctor's note. And, you know, it said like he had the worst possible injury on the planet. And through superhuman strength, he had the best recovery I've ever seen in my years of doctor. Like he, he just completely like fucking mocked the whole thing. So, and then of course, like the uh, cuckold, that DJ is, he tried to book him again. Even after all of that. And uh, he backed off that show. So best of the best where he was going to have another title shot. Uh, They turned it into Mance Warner. Defending the title in the tournament. Um, John Silver ends up. You know on top at the end. Best of the best champion. uh, Heavyweight champion. The whole deal. Um, So anyway. MJF's out there. um, And so. He's out there pretty much calling out. Whoever's going to come out. Out comes Marco Stunt. Fuck this goddamn kid. I've had enough of this shit. Um, this kid. Uh, look, I mean, he he's super flippy. He's talented in that aspect, but to me, Marco Stunt is like a like a high end Christmas decoration. Um, like if you take this fucking guy and you put him out on your lawn, like like towards the end of November. Right after Thanksgiving, and he did a bunch of little flippy things on the lawn to, like, the sound of, like, Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer or some shit like that. People would stop. They'd slow down. They'd be like, oh, look at that little motherfucker go, you know? And, I mean, really, like, he's a little how you could just put a hat on him, maybe an elf, whatever the case is. Uh, he doesn't have to be an elf. I'm just saying in general. My thing is I, I see him as, like, a Christmas decoration. So the thing with a really cool Christmas decoration is the first time anyone sees it, they go, holy shit, look at that. I never saw one of those before. Look at the motherfucker. Like, you bring your friends over to see it one time. You're not going to come back with the same fucking friends. So, like, the third and fourth and fifth time you see it, eh, maybe, like, you know, like, um, there you go. Eh, There it is. By the fucking third week, you don't even give a fuck. You don't even turn your head when you drive by it. Um. You know, it, it takes the children in the car to be like, hey, look at that thing. I'm like, yeah, I know you're still entertained by it. It's fine. But that that's to me what he is. And it was like the first time or two I saw him, I was like, yeah, it's kind of entertaining. But now I'm like, get the fuck out of here. Like, he he's super bubbly. He's, he's uh, out there. Uh, he's got like one of those fucking silly fucking ballad songs. Like, everyone's got a fucking ballad song now. It's fucking crazy. Uh. So he's just—he's a novelty, and, and when they're putting him over guys who you're supposed to take seriously—and we'll get to that later because uh, I, I don't even know who—who who won that shit. But uh, and and back just back to MJF. We'll get back to Marco because this is a two-day show thing, and he's on the second one too. Surprise. Um. MJF is a fucking star, and the Indies are just borrowing him for now. That motherfucker is going to be on TV. Barring any major injury, that guy's going to be on TV. He's, like, easily what the Miz took a lot of years to get to in a very short amount of time. If you go and you watch this this guy, like, you can just tell. I mean, he went on Stone Cold Steve Austin show and, like, straight up played heel on the whole thing and, like, talked shit to Austin. And like kept his fucking gimmick going and it fucking worked. It wasn't like all this green kids trying to talk shit to Austin. It was like, he was like putting Austin in his place on sentences and shit. It was like an entertaining show. And I really don't like like kayfabe interviews at all, but he, he pulled it off. Everything he's done thus far minus being, I think shoot related to Rob Feinstein, which is just never a good thing. Um, which I'd imagine that's why he changed it to Friedman because either you're tied to the guy running across the lawn from the, uh, to catch a predator guys or, uh, you know, just fucking, just live on your actual talent, which is what he's doing. And, you know, it's it's all well-deserved The credit. He's going to get lots of over the years. Um, next up was, uh, orange Cassidy and lucky 13. Um, At this point, I'm just kind of disgruntled. You know what I mean? Like, I I, I should have cared about this more than I did. Um, I know what it meant, because they used to be in the New Jersey All-Stars together in CCW. The first time I saw them was the two of them. And um, this was good. It was was all right. You know, um, Orange Cassidy's become probably the top comedy wrestler um, in all of wrestling right now. Like, he's just absolutely on fire. Uh, Everyone's really into his shit. That, like, hands-in-the-pocket gimmick. It, it's really cool it takes a lot of fucking talent because you know he's doing like flips and landing on his feet and all of that other stuff um yeah and uh you know and lucky's super fucking talented he's um he's a personal trainer now and everything so i mean the lucky you saw back in the day too like he's he's way bigger his athleticism has always been top top notch so this was good um it just didn't catch my attention the way that you know i wanted it to and i don't even know if it was like their fault cuz i i've said it a million times i'm not the biggest fucking wrestling fan anymore like the fact that i'm catching these shows it honestly and this is another like, hey DJ, like you you fucking helped me walk away from CCW because live is a huge sell to me, huge sell. Uh, I pay per view has become like a very big thing, and CCW was doing it. If I come home on a Saturday and I'm like, oh that fucking show's on, and I can go pop onto something or someone shares it with me, and with GCW they're like, yeah everybody film it and share it with the world. So I don't I generally don't even have to pay for it. Like someone's gonna <laughs> fucking like give it to me. So that's you know. Uh, on a Saturday night or these were like fucking the Friday and I think Friday and Saturday shows. So I was like, fuck it. Man. Just fucking watch this. Um, so I, I wasn't even like super hyped to watch this or like, so I was just like, all right, this is on whatever." I put it on there. So, uh, yeah, so I got into that. And uh, like I said, it's, it's not even really their fault. It's, it's mostly me. Um, the majority of people are going to love that match. Go watch that. Um, next up, Mance Warner versus Homicide. This was fucking awesome. Old school brawl. These two beat the shit out of each other. Homicide seems to just hit another gear again, which is so great that it, like towards this point of his career that he's he's able to just turn it way up again. And um you're seeing like old school fucking Homicide. Full force, and Mance is money. He's absolute money. CZW dropped the ball on him like they dropped the ball on every fucking buddy. They weren't able to get him over enough. Um, Mance comes out now. People are singing his fucking song. I mean, it's it's unbelievable how hard CZW fails on so many things. And, um, you know, John Silver was on last week. He blamed a lot of, like, the fans on stuff. But, like, look, man, they, they've gone out of their way to fucking – screw the fans and just like this disregard everything they begged for. So when they start tuning out and they're not as loud and they're not, but you let half of the rabid, loud fans walk away and not come back. So when you do, you do those type of things and you tell them, no, no, we're going in a different direction. Don't worry. We know what we're doing. Oh, we got this investor and that investor. And they walk the fuck away. And then you're upset about the, the, the volume of the crowd. Well, you dictate that shit, man. And I've said it a million times, man. Technology has gotten better and better. Um, no, I'm not, I'm not surprised at all, but um, it's uh technology has gotten better and better. But like 2002, they were doing video packages before the shows that had fucking the crowd live as hell. They were putting these clip packages together and the crowd was like, Amped as if it was like the middle of your main event and and they were doing spots and tubes and that was the vibe going into the show the crowd started out the show hot live on their feet bugging the fuck out and like dj can't even put that together it's such a simple thing i would think i'm no video editor but if motherfuckers were splicing and cutting vhs back then how is it that this digital age, none of your fuck boy students that are out there looking ridiculous, like they'd never see, seen a gym in their life. None of them are good at computers. Can <laughs> you one of those motherfuckers isn't good at computers? Frankie Picard, who's clearly not good at the gym, isn't good at computers. Actually, I think he even walked away from CZW just shows you. You get me on CZW now, but Mance Warner is fucking gold. Absolute fucking gold. And, um, um, I wasn't sold on the dude initially, and I think I was trying to look more towards his ring work, and I don't think his ring work is bad at all. But um, who do I think is doing the stories for CCW? Uh, Eddie wants to know. Um, I don't. I don't know who the fuck's writing for CZW. It's been so all over the board um, for a while. They had uh, they had Sammy booking, and then they had that Zach dude, uh, Zach Burns, who was doing force one shit and then they fucking fell apart so they brought him in because he was sammy's boy it's like fucking whoever gets in dj's ear for like a little bit of time can get a bunch of leverage and then they run with it whatever direction they were ccw has always been completely like whoever has the most pull in the back their boys come fucking like riding in like for a while drake was the guy so every fucking buddy from indiana worked there like everybody then once sammy became the guy like everyone in ohio had a job like i think lebron was working like fucking lighting or camera and shit at some time but no it it was uh it's always been like really obvious who has the pull back there because like all their friends start showing up they're on the fucking scramble matches there's like eight of their friends on it um you know, it's it's always been kind of blatant that way. Uh, and DJ, the other thing – we'll get back to this fucking show I'm talking about. But the other thing is DJ um, – and I'd say the biggest problem about CCW is DJ has used this as, as a way to attempt to boost his, his should-be non-existent career. Um John Wayne Murdoch was a guy that CZW fans wanted for years They were begging for this fucking guy Before anyone on the East Coast booked John Wayne Murdoch They were like, dude, he belongs in CZW he belongs in CZW, bring this guy in Bring this guy in DJ, oh, I don't know, I tried, I talked about it Uh, oh, yeah, We have some plans, we have this DJ was used As a fucking um, As a replacement for someone in uh, King of the Death match The one year I, It was like two, three years ago now And um, the fucking month after Ian used him in King of the Death, John Wayne Murdoch was in fucking CZW. Um, Pro wrestling from Hollywood. Before they even became uh, investors with um, Marquez or whoever the fuck. Before they became part of like CZW ownership or whatever, DJ went over there and he was working uh, Peter Avalon and all these other fucking idiots that nobody wants to see over here on the east coast nobody they booked him over there he's a big fucking smiles on the fucking plane next thing you know there's four of them on the fucking ccw card the next month that that's what dj does dj was being booked in new york for um i think it's like nywc or some shit and um next thing you know uh The pectoral Poseidon Rex Lawless is on their fucking shows like nobody's looking for it. They built this fucking guy a chariot out of plywood and had fucking motherfuckers in fish suits fucking dragging him to the ring like nobody was looking for that shit. But it was all just like handshake favor shit like they book DJ DJ books them dj books this dj books. that's all it ever was and like if it was ever based on the actual product and what sells and what's going to put fucking asses in your seats it would look completely different and it has nothing to do with like financial because you could say like i mean you can go out of your if, if you go crazy and you go like above and beyond and be like why aren't the young bucks there every month well they're fucking expensive you know what i mean it, it makes sense that they're not there every month. But even like uh, House of Glory guys, they could have been bringing in fucking, like, Smiley's been fucking dope for a long time. And I said, what I saw him initially, I said when I saw him, he's like fucking perfect. Like the stuff that, that uh, you know, Divine Storm, those guys were doing back then, Red, Divine Storm, those guys were killing it in fucking czw back in the day pre-dj even though he thinks he in- invented wrestling in czw divine storm red xl those guys were fucking killing it back then smiley was right up the fucking alley of something that innovative spots fast moving stuff he could have mixed them in right with his guys it would have been fucking seamless mance warner in-, in right there that's that's i was just talking about him um so I mean, when DJ doesn't look at those guys and put them on the pedestal that they belong on, again, you see Mance, he comes into the fucking GCW show, which is where I started this whole tirade and went off on CZW. Um, they're, they're singing his fucking song. He's super fucking over. And, and that's the way it's fucking, that, that's the way it works. You know what I mean? Is when you see a guy like that with that charisma, he fucking puts it in in the ring. They put the fucking belt on him, and they couldn't get that following behind him. And it's not Mance's fault whatsoever, because you see, he goes right up the fucking road, and, and they're bugging out for him. So obviously, it, you know, it's a more welcoming environment, and and this is this is fostered by what DJ presents, you know. So he he's dropped the ball on countless talents, and I mean, it won't be the last, because his his focus is on himself, how he can get himself over, how he can, and he can't get himself over, but he'll book the guys who book him you know if uh you know five dollar wrestling books him fucking freight train will be there next week I and mean, that, that's just that's just the way djs always run so uh back to what i was saying mansworn warner homicide absolute fucking beast of a match go out of your way to fucking see that if there's two matches on this card you're gonna want to go see it's fucking Mance Warner and homicide and we'll get to the other one in, in just a minute um great great match shout out to man right there um like I said, homicide hitting that that level, like old school homicide again. That, that's awesome to see, and um, he's obviously got a good place to do it because they're giving him the talent, and uh, it's working really well. Uh, Toby saying he lost his spot when DJ took over. Yeah, but Toby put you in the Hall of Fame, <laughs> so that there's that, you know. <laughs> um, yeah. Uh, so the next match was now. Look, I here's the here's the the beauty of gcw and a lot of things is these guys are selling out shows without announcing the fucking card so when you um when you show up to the show as a gcw fan you just shit just starts coming at you um so i i turn this on and i see uh the the guys just start coming out this is like gonna be a big scramble match so I see Grim Reefer comes out. I'm like, oh, shit. Uh, Facade. Uh, Fasade, Facade. Comes out. And uh, KTB comes out. Joe Gacy comes out. I'm like, oh, shit. Pinky comes out. I'm getting hyped, man. I'm like, this match is going to be off the fucking chain. And uh, <laughs> Toby said the Death Nut Challenge was his Hall of Fame. <laughs> Yeah, that's a bad motherfucker, man. Uh, but uh, so what what happens? What can you imagine what happened next to kill this match for me? I, I just listed a bunch of talented guys. I'm hyped for this fucking match. Out comes Teddy Hart with a fucking cat. This cocksucker, man. He's got a new cat. This is another cat too. Cause in case anybody didn't fucking notice, these cats are fucking disposable to him. Wherever they end up, wherever they go, I think one of his girlfriends or something got the first one. Um, In case anyone forgets, uh, Mr. Money was initially a beige cat, like a beige-orange Persian. Second one was white, and these fucking mouth-breathing fans are just out there screaming Mr. Money because they don't know the difference between one cat and the next, because what the fuck do they care? They claim to like cats, but they're cool with them throwing a fucking cat in the air, blowing smoke in its face, and all this other bullshit that's going on. So um, out he is with another fucking cat. Now I'm like, fucking, I'm done. I'm all checked out. So I uh, understand, guys, he's ruining your fucking buzz. He's ruining everybody, your fucking, uh, your, um, your momentum, yeah, all of your music hit. You come out. Everybody knows what the fuck you have to put down. And God forbid there's a fucking animal lover out there that's legitimately concerned about the fucking cat's well- well-being. No one cares about your match anymore. And that's on him. So keep that shit in mind. Because everybody was hyped until the motherfucker walked out there. And look, a lot of these mouth-breathing assholes, they don't give a fuck about cats. So, you know, I guess that's good for you guys that, you know, he didn't kill your complete buzz. But me personally, I checked out based on exactly what the fuck he did next. So maybe you should take that shit into account, you know. And, And when he shows up to the building and you're in a fucking match with him, hey, leave the fucking cat in the back, man. Like, you're going to piss a couple people off, and why can't we just go out there and tear the fucking roof off being athletes? That's what the fuck this is. Russell said he turned it off. See, that's what I'm saying. Like, I, I can't be the only one out there. So if you're allowing this shit to go on in your match and some fans tune the fuck out, that that's completely unnecessary. You can stand up to this cocksucker and be like, look, leave the cat in the back. I'm not about this shit, man. I like... We can do this shit as athletes. Teddy Hart is one of the most talented fucking athletes out there. But he's got to fucking use a cat as a prop. So he can go fuck himself. Um, I was really hoping he died before the end of that weekend, but we're already in the next week and he's still breathing. So it's it's unfortunate. Um, at the end of the match, uh, I think Kyle the Beast won this with like a crazy fucking like Attitude adjustment, fu, whatever you want to call it, off the fucking ropes through a table like on the other side of the ring. Kyle the Beast is fucking talented. Um, kind of dresses like he makes horsesho- horseshoes in like the 1800s. Yeah, I mean I don't know why he dresses like that, but uh, talented dude. Um, so at the end of the match, Teddy fucking he's standing out there cutting a the fucking promo. Pinky's rolling around the ring with the cat because. Pinky's not that smart either, so he thinks he likes cats and that's that's cool or whatever, but he he's you know. Um and then uh he teases giving beer to the cat as he leaves the ring. And and the fans are like popping for it because they're retarded. And um he laughs and goes, uh, nah, I'd get charged. So that's that's your fucking guy right there. That that's your fucking guy right there. He thinks this whole shit's a fucking game with the animals, it's just a prop to him, and, and that's that, uh, so back to wrestling, the next match is Tony Deppen, or, uh, my new name for him, I think I'll, I'll, I'll leave that for the, the second show, uh, Tony Deppen versus, uh, Jonathan Gresham, Jonathan Gresham, one of the absolute best wrestlers in the world, uh, Tony Deppen, excellent fucking striker, and, uh, just depends on what, uh, you know, what show it is on whether you're going to take this guy seriously or not. Because he, he makes that decision. Um, But uh, this was good. It was all right. You know, uh, I don't have a ton to say about it. Again, like, you know, only so much is really catching my eye. And especially if you have to follow fucking Teddy Hart running around with a cat, I'm pissed off. Like going into your match, not only did he ruin the match before for me, But the next match, I'm already like, this motherfucker, like, that's a new cat. That's a fucking, that's a little black Persian, like, this motherfucker looks like under a year old. And he's on the mic talking about, oh, you think I just trained one cat? I trained more cats. Like, you didn't train a fucking thing, dickhead. You're throwing a cat in the air. You're stressing the fucking cat out. I saw you come in the fucking ring, and he almost bolts. and, And the announcers are going, oh, he's a little more lively than usual. It's not even the same color, motherfucker. Like, so, um... Next up is G Ray Schlack. Um I I really like their matches with each other. I don't think this was their best out of the series. Um, uh, it, it was good. It, it was definitely good. Uh, they've had some other matches that were. I think the one they had in fucking where was that? Wisconsin or Chicago? One of those. It was fucked up. Where like you saw like him catch like the corner of the chair, and next thing you know, it was like it was like receipt after receipt. Like these guys were beating the shit out of each other. They looked like they didn't like each other. And I talked to Slack about it. And he said, like, it's just like open door policy. It's like, if a guy's willing to just full on trade with him, he fucking loves it. And then it's like a whole nother level of the match. So I really like the dynamic of these two guys in the ring. They know they could just hit each other wrong. (laughs) And the other one's just going to give it back. And it's all good. So, um, these, these are always great matches to watch. Um, you know, especially, you know, in the deathmatch realm of things. Um, this was apparently for a spot in tournament survival. Uh, G-Raver goes over, which I guess means Schlack is not in tournament survival. Uh, I keep waiting for Schlack's big moment. Uh, like, he's got to win one of these tournaments. He's so fucking over. He fits the part. Um, it just keeps baffling me. And if he's actually not in that tournament, that's that's even more baffling. I mean, nothing against G. Raver. He's, he's one of the absolute best out there. Um, he's had a few off nights, too. I've seen him a couple nights where I was like, what the fuck's going on with him? Um, but uh, he's he's one of those guys that can legitimately wrestle. He can wrestle the Lucha style and then incorporate the death matches into it. Um, so very talented, great guy to watch. Um, so there's that. Next up, unannounced match. Neither one of these guys I don't think was even announced for the fucking show. Match of the fucking night, match of the weekend. Watch this fucking match, Chris Dickinson versus Dan Moth. I, I can't say enough about this shit. This is why I like wrestling. This, this is the type of thing that keeps me fucking watching. Like if there's anything that's that still has me the the smallest bit of fucking wrestling fan, is Dan Moth versus fucking Chris Dickinson. They beat the ever-loving shit out of each other. This is another match where you watched it and you were like, these, there's no way they, these guys like each other. You know they do, but they're hitting each other hard as fuck. I mean, this is this is what fucking wrestling is to me. Wrestling isn't like fucking helping a midget fucking get over, uh, you know, catching them and then... Spinning around three times and diving into the ground, so he did a spinning d d t on you. This isn't like fucking rest holds for a half hour this isn't everyone doing dick spots and fucking throwing your thumb up another guy's ass. This isn't um you know just just all this this different comedy shit that goes on. This isn't the fucking the the I love you speech after the match. this isn't any of those things. This is ass kicking fucking wrestling this is that shit this this is where you used to watch. You know, um, Masawa and fucking Kobashi just beat the shit out of each other. Kawada, this is that old school, hard-hitting fucking brutality. Dropping each other on their fucking heads. Just the strikes are hitting hard as fuck where you're just like, yo, this this shit is going down right now. Go out of your way to, to see this match. Damn off. And fucking Chris Dickinson. And I got to go back to DJ real quick. Because they did a cross promotion with WrestlePro. On WrestleMania weekend. They bowed out of fucking WrestleMania weekend. um, When they're supposed to be one of the biggest companies on the fucking East Coast. Not going to be part of it. So their big part of WrestleMania weekend was cross promotion with House of Glory. Which I've covered before. They went in there with no CZW guys. They had the rep. Good. I like the rep. Layla Hirsch, she's a fucking student that you're throwing every female at and putting them over. You got her fucking finishing with a lariat and, like, all sorts of stupid shit. Nothing against her, but, like, she's your CZW guys. DJ, who's always been a fucking heel every day of his life, but he's supposed to be, like, the face of CZW to go battle this other company? Like, I understand whoever you bring into the rival company, when you come in their doors you're the heel. I get it. But when they come back your way, like the guy on your side should be a fucking face. Right? Like, so like when, uh, uh, when gang and, and those guys were in there, at the beginning of the best of the best and DJ standing there and they're flipping him off. None of the fans are like, yeah, fuck you for that. We love DJ. They are like, fuck DJ. He's not our guy. Yeah. Like we agree with you. Like, <laughs> So that, that was a, just a terrible, terribly executed thing. Like, You didn't bring your best of the best champion. You didn't bring your world champion. You didn't bring fucking any. Everybody was in town. And you couldn't be a priority in anybody's booking for a fucking run-in. For a fucking run-in. You had the rep who were heels. You had fucking yourself who's a fucking heel. Layla who's a student. And, you know, I mean, she's on your main cards now and, and that's, that's fine. But I don't even think there was like a woman on the other side that she was battling. So it wasn't like you're, you know, you're training uh, this female and, and their top female, like they collide. There wasn't even that, not from what I could see. Um, And then there was a bunch of like unnamed fucking students who like, I, I don't know who the fuck they are. So that was, that was your big angle with them. Complete ball dropped, ball dropped across the fucking board. And then your other big crossover was WrestlePro versus fucking CZW. No one gives a fuck about WrestlePro. Nobody. Their fans give a fuck about it, but they don't have a buzz. And nobody came out of WrestleMania weekend going, do you see that fucking WrestlePro show? It probably had the lowest attendance of all the fucking shows of WrestleMania weekend because I saw a shitload of empty chairs in that fucking building on, on the, the uh, pictures I got sent. Um, terrible. Terrible. But I thought to myself, all right, the one, one plus they can get out of this is maybe they can get Dan Moff back on their shows. Because they had Dan Moff and, and Monster Mac. They had the hit squad. And they had them as tag team champions and couldn't even get Moff to come back. Like, they ca- they had to keep fucking putting, like, uh, Mac and Homicide, Mac and this guy, Mac and that guy. Because, like, Moff didn't want to fucking show up. And uh, Monster Mac said it on a couple interviews, too. Like, he he wasn't into it, he wasn't into the the hit squad being a thing in CZW, like it was a big deal for them to win the titles. But then it was like, yeah, I got better shit to do. And he would just find other shit to do. Whether it was another WrestlePro booking or whatever the case was, dates never fucking lined up for Dan Moff to be there. Eventually they dropped the fucking belts. And that was that. Didn't see Dan Moff again. So you figure cross promotion with WrestlePro, the one thing that CZW could have got out of that was Dan Moff back in their building, at least. Maybe, maybe some one-on-one stuff with Dan Moff there. You know? You got John Silver over there killing it now. So maybe maybe you get a crossover. You get Dan Moff and Silver in there. You get, you know, Mance is working there. You get Mance and fucking Moff. Yeah, I mean, you still have some matches that can happen there. Uh, Tremont and Moff. I mean, you had some things you could have made happen. So what happens? None of that. <laughs> None of that happens. And Dan Moff shows up, not even announced, against Dickinson. At GCW, you know the company that you hate so much, rival this and that, could not pull the trigger on the shit, and they fucking tear it down. They tear that shit down. You know, I mean it. It's very, very clear where the people want to work. If you're looking at the two, and it that's fucking shame. I mean, I'm not, I'm not sad for DJ though, because he earned this shit. He earned every bit of his fucking failure. So there's that. Um. This is one of these matches, though. Like, you can't top it. You can't top it. So then after that, you got uh, Colby Carino, Jimmy Lloyd. I barely paid attention. I was in and out of this. uh, I don't know if I was cleaning my fish tank, what I was doing. But I I wasn't really paying much attention. Um, And then, actually, I think that was, like, towards the end of my night, and I fell asleep. And uh, so I miss uh, Gage uh, versus the sad boy. And... uh, I had to come back and watch that shit, like, the next day or two days later or something like that because I knew I was going to talk about the show, so I couldn't, like, not see the main event. This was all right. This was all right. But, um, I mean, they did a bunch of spots and everything else, but I have fucking news for you. It's not just because I think he's a jerk off, but fucking Janelle is losing it. 100% fucking losing it. Um, I, And... I mean, you go look at some of the kicks he's throwing. The announcers are calling him fucking, uh, the commentators are calling him super kicks. These motherfuckers are hitting like midsection. Like, he's not getting his fucking leg up for kicks. Like, he's just, he just overall looks lazy as fuck, looks sloppy as hell. Um, little, little visual reference. Let me, let me show you right here. So, this, this is the thing, man. Like, he, he thinks he's like too fucking good for everybody, but, um, and he he's got it fucking made because he got this AEW contract and all of that shit. Um, but this dude, he he's still he's still taking crazy dangerous bumps, which hey man, that'll get you pops and this and that. But he's he's not taking himself seriously. This is a dude that when I first started seeing him, I first saw him it was uh Steve Scott versus fucking Joey Janela and and Jersey All Pro, and they tore it the fuck up. So the first image was like, all right, you got this guy with the selfie gimmick. He's got like a pretty boy type gimmick, like fucking Zoolander and shit. And then you got Janela, who's like, he's got a pretty boy gimmick too. But he's like the, the loose cannon pretty boy and shit, right? Look at this motherfucker. Like, that motherfucker's 29 years old looking like that. That motherfucker looks like a straight up addict. I mean, that that shit... You call that shit cute all you want, man. The window is closing on your motherfucking ass. I'm watching this shit, man. You can play all the fucking games you want. You can call people, oh, you, you told me... Because I disagree with you on some shit online. Like, grow up. Grow up, motherfucker. I mean, I'm 41. This motherfucker's 29 years old. Shit, I... <laughs> I'm all set, man. I'm doing all right. I mean, you, maybe you growing up a little too fast out, maybe, cause you looking forty five in that motherfucker right there, you know, drunk all the fucking time, muffin top, running around out there. That one, your jungle boy is gonna take your fucking spot, man, cause that motherfucker's out there looking like you used to look, and that's only a handful of years ago. So you you can feel untouchable as long as you fucking want, but man, the window is fucking closing. And uh, and uh, I mean, for a dude who acts like such a jerk off, I couldn't be happier. Um, it's cool though. I mean, do what you want to do. Um, live your life, man. It's it's not a good look, but that's that's your call. Um, so yeah, this was this was alright, but I'm telling you, like. This might have had more spots. This might have been a longer match. This might have, you know, had bigger stakes with the with the title on the line and all that shit. But, I mean, they had a match years ago when Gage first got out the first time, when he was still fucking aggressive Gage. And it was at like a skate and surf festival, food truck kind of shit or whatever the fuck. And that, to me, that, I, I said it back then. That gave me the vibe of Trent Acid versus Nick Gage. It had that same fucking vibe. It had that same dynamic to it, and that that was what you know. That's the sad thing, man. Um, I had always compared Janela to fucking Trent Acid, and and what he was doing back then, he the, the charisma and his ring work very very closely resembled that, and this and that. And it's fucked up because like. Now he's looking more like Trent towards the end, and i you know I don't think he has the same vices or anything like that, but whatever he's doing, he's speeding that fucking clock up awful fucking fast um, uh Pierre wants to know what i think what I think about the uh battle royal that g c w did for spring break i did um it was like a week or two ago when i I, I reviewed that whole thing from top to bottom. Um, it was real fun, like, for your your average, like, I have my criticism about it and this and that. I mean, they pulled out a lot of shit for something that was, like, nothing was announced, nothing was to be expected. A lot of, I mean, those fans got a lot out of that fucking match. I mean, there was a lot of surprises, a lot of this, a lot of that, a lot of, you know, teasing this. Um, they got some spots in there. They got, you know, the the, the comedy shit all fucking smashed in there with the fucking sex yeti's ass out and fucking all of that you know a lot of it wasn't for me but as far as like the fans and who they're catering to and shit like that i mean it they knocked it out of the fucking park again like i got a problem with a lot of that shit but like it, it, pierre if you go back peep the show that i did on that shit um and i covered that i'll you know Barry necro on it and all that other shit um but uh yeah that's i mean they they know who they're catering to and a lot of these fans are fucking mouth breathing assholes and so to please them they know exactly how to fucking please them um like for instance like they just do some like wild random shit that i i have no fucking idea what their purpose is what i heard at um tournament of survival this is what i heard i haven't seen any confirmation or whatever but i've heard at tournament of survival they're bringing in a uh, fucking uh jimmy hart and fucking uh the godfather to just like be there like an appearance like I, what the fuck like people are coming from all over the country to see blood and you got jimmy hart sitting in the cut like i i don't know even know what the fuck the purpose of that is but i mean they know how to fucking pack a house these days um everybody knows how i feel about the fucking owners of that shit but um what can i say man i just uh i know i want to be nowhere near the that motherfucking those crowds, man, they're just disgusting people for the most part. Um uh oh and uh somewhere during this show it was like around the time of the Colby Carino Jimmy Lloyd uh thing. I don't wanna get bumped off the Facebook thing, so uh but Louie called uh Colby Carino the F word. Let's just say f word i i would just as easily say the other word because i don't i'm not i'm not about that shit uh i'm i'm not about it's 2019 i, I don't give a fuck what year it is that, that that has nothing to do with what the fuck i'm i'm telling you but louis said that shit and had to get on the mic like fucking 5 minutes later and go i apologize that was wrong i know that i i've had it with this fucking society man it's crazy, it's crazy as hell that you can't even say some shit like that. Like Louis spends fucking half his time on the internet talking about sucking dicks and shit. And, and if he uses that f word, he's got to make apologies and shit. Oh, I'm sorry, I didn't mean to be like, come on, really? Shit's crazy as hell, man. Like it's, it's just this, this is not my type of motherfuckers that that run this this current society. Uh the sensitivity and then uh, it's just it's bullshit. I'm not with it. So in the next day uh they do last ones left. And uh this is uh this one is where the fuck is this one? Chicago? I think this one is back in Chicago, yeah. So uh Nate Webb, uh, Reed Bentley Robert Anthony, the ego Robert Anthony, or actually he's a egotistical fantastico. He's you know the mask gimmick and everything. Uh, He's in this uh, Isaiah's Garrett, A.J. Gray and Kyle the Beast and a big fucking lot of people in this motherfucker match. Uh, So this was all right, you know, spots all over the place. Uh, My boy Paul, (laughs) my boy Paul called A.J. Gray uh, the Walmart version of A.C.H. So then we were saying like. ACJ, you know, and, and, and all this, but, uh, I thought that was really funny. So, so I spent the most, most of the match laughing and making like ACH knockoff puns to Paul, uh, cause he's, he's just like a, like a bootleg ACH, but, um, so, so there was that match, um, a lot, lot going on, a lot of spots all over the place, you know, it was what it was, um, next match is, here we go again. With the, uh, the high end Christmas decoration himself Marco Stunt Beating um, So here's where my my uh, new nickname For Tony is uh, Tony Deppen, Or Tony Depends And uh, that's It depends on How seriously you plan on taking him uh, One night he's the guy Who's a little thinner He's not that big But he'll go in and have a fucking toe-to-toe fight with chris dickinson that you'll believe you'll go out there and you'll fucking believe it and you'll be like oh shit this fucking guy can go like i i uh you know <laughs> people just fucking uh so uh he, he can go you would be like wow like i had no idea this dude could go toe-to-toe with fucking chris dickinson like i when i first saw him um back i think it was on point when i first saw him and you saw, like, oh, man, this dude's a little little dude, but he's a striker. He's hitting hard as fuck. And one of the first things I thought was, like, what's going to happen when he winds up in there with a real fucking striker, one of the, like the bigger dudes and shit? Fucking down the road, he's proven himself that, oh, he he could go with these guys. He could take fucking abuse. He can give it back. Like, he's going to go in there, and he's going to have a fucking bang-out match with a guy like Chris Dickinson. And you're like, oh, shit, this guy is 100% believable. Fast forward. Not long after that, he had a fucking match where he's giving offense to a guy with no legs. He's standing there waiting for this guy to fucking springboard off the fucking ropes to catch him and spin around and fucking throw his head into the ground for a DDT. Like, I, now, now now, I'm lost. You know what I mean? That's what Tony depends. It, it, it depends on, on how, Tony, how Tony feels. You know, if he wants you to take him seriously, he can go out there and he can bang with fucking Chris Dickinson. And, and then he could job. He took a fucking loss to Marco Stunt. He spent all fucking match making his fucking offense look credible and jumping around and fucking spiking himself into the ground and, and all that shit to make this midget look fucking uh, credible. For what? For, like, what? what's the point of this shit? So, I don't know. It's not for me. It's just not for me. The Tony Depp and I want to see is out there fucking banging out, beating the shit out of another guy. I mean, when he comes out and people are like, oh, he's the best heel in the business and shit because, like, he's out there talking shit about Marco's stunt. Yeah, okay, but keep in mind that that's just leading to him giving Marco a million fucking moves of offense because the heel thing is to say, you can't do shit. You're your midget. this does not look at you. You're so small. And then he's just going to fucking give him all the offense he wants in the match. It's ridiculous. It's, It's not for me. This is the type of shit that's not for me. You know, when I see Dickinson versus Moff beat the shit out of each other, that's that's what I showed up for. So uh, so there's that. Um, next up is uh, Jake Atlas versus Shane Mercer. Um, they did the bleacher gimmick again on this one, where they, uh, Shane Mercer carries the fucking bleachers all over the place, and then he winds up uh, carrying it into the fucking ring. And uh, with a bunch of help, they lifted it up and they put it on the, I mean, he first carried it on his fucking shoulder by himself, which is just insane. Um, that dude is an absolute star too. Like he's another one of those guys. The Indies is just borrowing him for now. He spent a bunch of time at Ian's and, uh, now he's, he's, he's getting his name known. He's out of Indiana and he's getting his name known and he, he's going to be on TV. He was actually on raw. I think I, I, someone shot me a picture. I think I shared it, but, um, he was on Raw. I mean, he's—it's only a matter of time. He's—he's he's insanely powerful, and um, you know, he's doing some real big shit that you could—you can could market. I mean, it's—he's a star. Um, so he did the the gimmick with the thing. I think the bleacher thing was a little overdone on this one because I know he did it on I think an IWA show or something, but this one like with a bunch of help, they put the fucking whole bleachers on top of the corner, which was like a really cool visual and shit, but it was like you know, for the sake of, like, a couple spots and stuff, it's just, like, it seemed like a a lot of work for, like, a little little something, so it was, like, I guess a cool moment, because it's some shit you've never seen before, you've definitely never seen somebody put the whole fucking bleachers on top of the ring like that, at least I haven't, Um, so, I mean, you know, uh, originality, 100%, uh, creativity, for sure, Uh, I just thought it was, like, a little bit too much fucking work for, you know, what the payoff was um so yeah there's that uh and you don't want to make that like a regular thing like oh what the fuck you don't put the bleachers on the thing anymore like that. that's a lot of work um and shit man i've seen like the fucking ropes break with a guy hitting his shit wrong i don't know how that shit's holding up with like a full set of bleachers across the, the corner like that but, you know, I mean, it's definitely a good visual. I mean, if those bleachers fell back on the crowd, they'd kill a lot of mouth-breathing assholes. But, you know, I'm not saying I wasn't rooting for that. Um, you know, and the show is called, like, The Last Ones Left. So, if The Last Ones Left was just, like, the left side of the crowd because the right side was killed by a stack of bleachers, um, that, that would be that would be all right with me. Um uh, Anthony Austin wants to know, would I support CZW again under new management? Uh, no, I mean, it's it's just, it's a wrap. DJ has fucking killed what CZW was. He really turned CZW into a shell of its former self. Um, arrogance and ego will fucking destroy any company. Straight up. And he took years and years of fan suggestions and him going like, oh, I think I know what I'm doing. You you know, you, you have to understand there's a lot the fans don't know and this and that. And then once GCW ran, all of a sudden, where there was no competition for what CCW was doing, GCW showed up, did exactly what the fucking formula was. CCW created that formula. They picked that shit up, they ran with it, they pushed some things to higher levels, they brought in guys that CZW fans were dying to see back, suddenly they were back, but not with CZW. It's just fucking stupid, it was really fucking stupid. And um, he deserves the failure he got. He, he really does. High pay-per-view doesn't happen anymore. He can't do that. He blamed it on the Flyer Skate Zone for a long time. Oh, we don't have a uh, internet connection here, this and that. They've been to like three buildings since then. Still no high pay-per-view. It's just, it's it's a wrap. It's, it's over. Um, they had the CZW network. And the CZW network was fucking putting up the same content that was going on high spots. And high spots had tons more shit. So you're you were allowing your footage, I don't know what kind of deal was signed there, but you were allowing your footage to be available on another streaming service while trying to sell a streaming service. What kind of shit is that? It's like if Netflix fucking said, "Oh yeah, we got a new season of fucking uh Orange is the New Black coming on, but it's also on Hulu." Like, what the fuck? Like, uh, you're surely not going to sell your new series on that So so CZW did a lot of stupid shit like that um, DJ abandoned the fucking uh, Junior heavyweight title for the sake of the Wired title But the Wired title was based off of a TV show That no longer exists There was too much insulting the fans' intelligence And then you'd have guys That backed CZW and said Oh no, no, you just gotta pay attention to what's going on or We're doing a good thing, we're doing a good thing A couple months later that same guy that was telling you that Is heading out the door and going like Fuck CZW, I can't deal with this shit no more I'm going somewhere else I mean, uh, one after another after another. Uh, Yeah, I saw it, Pierre. I answered you. Um, Like I said, man, go back, uh, check the show I did on that. Um, I I did, like, a whole show on that, plus I answered you again tonight. Um, So, yeah, um... So, yeah, like, it's not really about supporting CCW again under new management or anything like that. Like, DJ, and DJ is now, like, he's gotten to the point where he sold off parts of it. You know, that guy, the, the fucking Marquez guy or whoever the fuck in California with the uh, wrestling from Hollywood or whatever, they own part of it, supposedly. And then he just got this new investor, some other asshole that invested in ECW right before it died or something like that. So, it more and more like he's chipping away at he owns less and less of it and this is i mean it's the beginning of the end that's what happens when a company's about to go under little bits and pieces start getting sold off and he's the majority owner i'm sure at this point still but how many more pieces can he sell away before he can just kind of wash his hands and go yeah i tried but it's not really my ball anymore you know what i mean but new management uh, i mean the thing is, is like CCW had a loyal fan base. They had a rabid fan base that, that loved what they were doing. They had a brand. They had an identity. And now they're trying to recreate the wheel. Uh, you can't do it. Now another brand has taken your brand and made it theirs. So at this point, it would look like you're copying GCW despite the fact that they took your shit to begin with. So it's so far gone at this point. There's some there's some things they can do well. I think John silver, Johnny silver is a fucking great wrestler. I think he's an excellent guy to have as champion, but can he hold that whole fucking company up by himself? No, definitely not. You know? And when you see a guy like Mance Warner, who was just your champion, who you would think, okay, this is going to be one of our CZW guys. He's over more in GCW right away. So that's like, that's, that's not even a fucking thing, you know? Uh, Jordan Oliver, he looks like the chick from the Orange is the new black. I mean, come on, man. He he came out there in the prison suit looking fucking ridiculous. That that that's fucking that that's a slap in the face. Get the fuck out of here with that. You ran a cross-promotional feud and knocked all their guys out in the fucking first round of a tournament. Like if you're really giving a fuck about a cross-promotional feud, your guy meets their guy in the finals. Nothing against David Starr versus Johnny Johnny Silver because that was great. But you had to work an angle where House of Glory versus CZW was the fucking end of the show, wouldn't you? But no, what the fuck do I know? You know, I'm just a fan. Um, so no, the management—it's—it's it's a done deal with CZW. Um, they bowed out of WrestleMania weekend. They know it's a done deal. So they're just—they're uh, just grasping at straws. Uh, Russell wanted me to cover the John Moxley promo. Um, and my thoughts on it too um it's very very well done very well done i would think there's financial backing behind it um shaheen brought up a good point saying that it's a it's a john carlo thing and uh maybe yeah i guess so um but i think there's got to be a base behind it i don't think it's gcw i really don't i don't doubt that he'll be there but i mean the thing is is like GCW is using guys who are on impact GCW is using guys who are going to be on um, fucking AEW. So he's going to be in one of those companies. And I still think has the freedom to go wherever the fuck he wants. He can go into impact with his guys, Sammy and them over there. He can go into fucking AEW with, with some people he knows over there there. There's big money in AEW. So he doesn't have to go just based off indie money. And he could work their couple shows there, and this and that and and again, like just because they 're signing a couple of big contracts and shit doesn 't mean that some guys can 't be just paid per appearance, so um especially with no exclusive contracts, so to me, it makes sense that they could fucking a hundred percent pull him in uh, they they could do a lot of things. I think the ball is his now to run with um. I think you know, going back to the whole Moxley thing is cool. It'll be super over and everything else. I don't think he's going to be full-time GCW. that would really surprise me, but they've surprised me before with some of their moves. so So who knows? Um, obviously the money uh, he's got the money. I, I think he made enough with WWE that he could just kind of do passion projects at this point. if he wants to go tear it up in GCW for two years or a year or whatever, the case he he can. I mean, he has the freedom to do whatever he wants. It was a very well done promo. Um, yeah, yeah, the whole, like, breaking out of prison, WWE being the prison, this and that. I didn't catch the, I didn't watch it a shitload of times. I just thought it was really well done, saw it once. But then someone said they saw Dice in there, and it's, like, the date of the fucking all-in. I I 100% think he's going to go to all-in. Um, but I don't, again, with them not being exclusive, he can go everywhere else you're thinking of, too. I mean, but... Yeah, I don't think he's going to go like full-fledged deathmatch or anything like that. You'll probably see a couple of those at him for sure. But you're not just going to see this guy in like tournament of survival or this or that. I, at least I don't think so. Um, at the show, non-tournament, work a deathmatch, sure. But I don't think he's just going to suddenly become like a you know full-fledged deathmatch guy. Because honestly, he wasn't before. Some people are getting it all fucked up and being like, oh, John Moxley, uh, WWE, wouldn't use a, just a deathmatch guy if they were going to use Moxley, but he wasn't just a deathmatch guy. He, yeah, he worked tournament of death, but, like, he was out kind of early. He came back in at the end of that tournament of death where Gage died in the fucking ring where he cut his shit open, but, like, he was out early. Um, Did he lose the brain damage? I'm to say he lost the damage, but, uh, yeah, I mean... I. They had their feud and they did that, and he had a handful of death matches and stuff like that. But he he was not a full-fledged death match guy. He just had some, and he was he was known for you know some of the things he did in CCW, but that wasn't that wasn't full-on death match guy anyway. Um, but he's 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 one of those you know well-versed guys. He could do anything. He could work the brawl style. Uh, he's worked so. Really technical guys. He's, he's a really good talent. I mean, that's why WWE got him to begin with. He can cut fucking promos. He could fucking go in the ring. He could do hardcore shit. Look, he he headlined like some TLC shit in uh, WWE. So I mean, the world is his. You know, um, I think it's it's definitely based off passion projects. But again, like AEW is paying big money to people, so to not stop by there would be kind of silly because he can get that big money and still not be locked down to anything. So that's that's my opinion on that. Uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, Moxley's been very good. Um, next match was Eric Ryan versus Oren Veit. This was the fucking match of the show. You want a an absolute killer death match out of this whole fucking weekend here? This right here. Uh, Eric Ryan came out there with the fucking hawk haircut. I I mean. I, I don't think that's a good decision in life, but I mean, that's his business. Cause I mean, wrestling fans know what you're going for, but everyone else thinks you're an asshole. when I mean, they see you in public, but I mean, whatever. Uh, so Eric Ryan or invite, they absolutely fucking killed it. Um, this also reminded me of my, uh, my issue with, um, Ian rotten's kid because he didn't understand English when he listened to my show. And, uh, I, I was 100% right. I'm still 100% right. The whole argument went back to um, he had a problem with, all right, Ian booked, uh, he was going to book, never happened. He was going to book what was considered to be the greatest death match tournament of all time, the king of all kings. So this isn't just king of the death match, this is the king of all kings. It was going to be all tournament winners. And then a handful of slots left for people who haven't won a major tournament but would be put into the tournament by fan vote. So it ended up being like a bunch of people who are working for him currently as like the fan votes and shit. And I I just like, I had an issue with it because it was like, initially you said no filler, no this, no that. So if you had a rookie up and coming and he was like the next fucking coming for death matches, I still don't think you put that guy in an all-star deathmatch tournament. You put him in king of the deathmatch, and you push him, and you show him the world, look, I discovered this fucking guy, but he had not even been in a king of the deathmatch before. So if he was in king of the deathmatch, you took this rookie kid, and you put him to the fucking finals, or you put him to the semis, and he stole the fucking show, well, now I get why you would put him in king of all kings, because you already showed his fucking work, but... Having worked a handful of of IWA Mid-South shows and then just go, yeah, we're just going to put him in this because the fans liked him. I thought that was kind of fucking stupid. So that was my point right there. I had never heard of him before. And I said, yeah, he might be fucking awesome. But for what the basis, for what the theme of your show was, he doesn't make sense to go in there. So uh, fucking Ian's kid took offense to that, apparently. Had a fucking match with this dude. And got on the fucking, it wasn't on the mic, but it was, like, on camera, and you could hear it on the on the VOD or whatever the fuck. And after this fucking match, in front of their 20 fans or whatever the fuck they had in attendance, as usual, he fucking goes to the camera, fuck you, J-Cat. <laughs> like, what the fuck? I'm all the way to fuck over here in Jersey. You're, like, 14 hours away. You just had this fucking match with this kid. And your first thought is, like, fuck J-Cat. <laughs> like, dude, what the, what are you, is there something wrong with your fucking brain? So, you know, I never really saw this kid previous to that, and I saw him taking a bunch of nutty spots and shit. I'm like, yeah, look at him, he's, he's got something. Now he'll be able to showcase it, because he's over there in GCW, where people are actually attending the shows. So that that's a big plus. Um, so he's going to be in Tournament of Survival, I think. Um, because Eric Ryan put him over saying this is my pick for Tournament of Survival. Which shit, this is this is a fresh face in Tournament of Survival. This is a guy who's gonna absolutely kill it out there. Um, the innovation in this match, like I said I I didn't write down any spots or anything like that, but I really want a, everyone to go out. That's a fan of Deathmatch Wrestling, and see this match, fucking Eric Ryan versus Orin Vite on the uh, last ones left from Chicago fucking go out of your way to see that because they did so much innovative super scary fucking crazy spots in this match this this is what I'm fucking talking about now the only problem with this is what I've said about GCW in the past is they shoot themselves in the fucking foot uh, you can't top this now there's no topping this so now they follow it with Jimmy Lloyd versus Alex Colon sorry guys you already got blown out of the water there's nothing you could do there's nothing you could do Is that right? But you you can't top what just fucking happened. Like, they did all this innovative shit, top-notch stuff. You you can't top it. You just can't do it. Jimmy Lloyd's been stepping up to the plate doing great shit. Alex Colon has solidified himself as one of the top deathmatch wrestlers in the country. Also is very capable of a lot of innovative shit. Sorry. You just got beat at your own fucking game before you hit the curtain. You, You just can't do it. Next up, John Wayne Murdoch versus Josh uh not Josh Crane, my bad Marcus. Bad mistake. Uh John Wayne Murdoch versus Marcus Crane. Sorry. I I got nothing for you, man. I'm already fucking all death matched out. I watched the, one of the best death matches I've seen in recent history. Great shit. I You can't fucking do it. I, you can't fucking you can't show me something I haven't seen. I just saw everything I needed to see. So next up, Orange Cassidy versus Doey Janella. Doey's out there just looking like fucking... I'll just remind you. Uh, fucking Doey's out there looking like this. You know what I mean? I mean, Orange Cassidy's out there killing it. He, he's one of the fucking top... Talents out there, uh, he's doing, you know, the comedy spots, he's, he's got everybody going crazy for the whole shit, and you got Doey, man, so, Doey goes over, good match, whatever, but, you know, it is what it is, um, and then you got, uh, Mance Warner versus Nick Gage, this was, this was good shit. This, you had, you know, Mance Warner, big fucking following. It was one of these, like, man, he's got the fans behind him and shit. Is this the match where Gage finally loses that title? No, it's not. They're keeping the title on Gage. Um, I'm half convinced at this point that the GCW title is like the Infinity Stone or whatever, because I'm not, like, that deep with the Avengers stuff, but I kind of get the hint of what those stones do with Thanos, I almost think that the GCW title is like the infinity stone that is keeping gauge despite his drug habits out of prison or dead. So I think that it gives them the power to continue to survive outside of the prison. Um, and that's why they keep it on him. And, uh, Hey man, I I wish the guy the best. So I hope they keep the belt on him because if that shit comes off and, you know, next thing you hear, you know, Gage is gone. It's going to be a shame. Um, so then you know, after the match, more post-match Gage shit. So now let's get into the statement I made the other day. I do not like post-parole violation Gage, and I do not like post-Solomon Crow Sammy Callahan. And um, that's not a shock value post. That's not something I just said to get a reaction from all the Gage fans and everybody who thinks he's still the best and he's this and this. Nick Gage can still go. Nick Gage can still show up His intensity is gone His fucking fire is gone His, his mean streak His fucking Everything that I I got into as a Nick Gage fan Because I started watching CZW I started attending CZW In 2001 February 2001 And when I got there And fucking Nick Gage hit that curtain That was the fucking Stone Cold Steve Austin Of fucking CZW That was the baddest motherfucker on the planet. He made no fucking apologies. He made no thank yous. He made no fucking handshakes. You didn't see a smile on a fucking guy's face. I don't think ever. I I, I don't remember that dude fucking smiling. There was very few times that I saw him fucking smiling in old school Nick Gage. He was just a fucking cold-blooded killer. He didn't have fucking crazy catchphrases that the fans finished for him. He did the who's the man. Nick fucking Gage, they would chant Nick fucking Gage Um, uh, He started doing the fuck Hulk Hogan shit Which was, was kind of like out of nowhere Like he would just throw that in his fucking promos uh, At some point he started to kill 'em all Back on top, think about it But now it's like It's like cheerleading shit He gets to the fucking The mic afterwards, he's like I do this for you Teddy used to do that shit He used to come out after the fucking Every fucking match, God bless I do this for you, I do this for you, and then he'd do a fucking moonsault, and then he'd go, yeah, you want to see another one, I do this for you fans, I love you, God bless, and he fucking do another one, that's what Nick Gage is doing, Nick Gage, big fucking smile, I love you fans, I love you fans, MDK, all fucking day, MDK, all fucking day, it's just like, it's corny as fuck, it's so fucking corny, Nick Gage didn't need to reinvent himself, He had the fucking mean streak. He was an absolute killer. He spit in the fucking face of his opponents, dared him to fucking do something about it. He was across the fucking ring from guys, and and you didn't know whether he liked any fucking wrestler on the planet, because he wouldn't give you that fucking courtesy to be like, yeah, we're actually friends outside of here. or, Or, yeah, I like this guy. Oh, give a hand for this guy That was never Gage There's enough of those fucking guys You understand when Ring of Honor started And that handshake shit started CZW guys were mocking that shit Zandig would come out Guys like Zandig, guys like Gage They would come out there in the ring and be like You want to see motherfuckers shake hands and kiss each other's asses You go up the fucking road To the fucking uh, Murphy Rec Center over there Because over here we're CZW We're about fucking violence And that's what the fuck it was. That was the aura. That was the bad fucking, that was the fucking, uh, the, the outlaw vibe. GCW has taken a lot of that outlaw vibe, but part of that has, has also been the fucking cheerleading, ass kissing, fucking fan pat on the back. You're one of us. You're all gang members. You're all shot callers. They're mouth breathing dirt bags. They're not Fucking any of those things. They're not gang members. They're not shot callers. You don't have to have Gage induct them into the gang. But like, you're one of my guys now. Like, get the fuck out. Just go out there and be the murderer that you always were. That was the Nick Gage that I fucking that I I was a huge fan of, huge fan of. And when I saw him outside of the ring, out back, he'd fucking he'd be the cool guy. Then you'd see Gage smile. You don't have to do that shit in the ring. You don't have to thank everybody in the fucking ring. GCW has such like an open door, fun policy like they had in back in the old CZW days. The whole party, fucking part of the crew, like you felt like you're friends with these guys in the parking lot because you're all hanging out and doing whatever the fuck you're doing. But that's when you saw the smile out of Nick Gage not after the fucking match or during the match or uh, he he gets in the fucking ring and grabs the mic and he's got this crowd participation shit and, and like It's corny as fuck, I don't like it His mean streak is gone He doesn't look like, you used to be worried, man Like, you used to be like, man This fucking guy doesn't know what he's getting into With Gage, man, like, I don't give a fuck Where he's been before He gets in there with Nicky, man, shit's gonna go down Like, Nick's gonna rip his fucking face off Like, I don't know whether Nick likes or respects this guy Or anything, and we're not gonna be able to tell Because the way that he fucking goes at people You don't fucking know If he really likes them or not Now you know, now you know, because he's just going to tell you after the match, I love this guy, grew up watching him, this guy's fucking man, I love this guy, hey, I love you fans, I love you too, oh, guy in the back, don't forget you, oh yeah, I love you too, man, yeah, fuck, get you a beer, thanks for the one yesterday, yeah, fucking my mom says hi, like, this shit is fucking ridiculous, this is not the fucking Nick Gage that that I, I, I was such a huge fan of, you know, I got the original Nick Gage, HC fucking hardcore Nick Gage shirts, that That's the fucking gauge that I was a huge fucking fan of. He's obviously got some fucking uh substance issues. Um, I don't know if he's beat it. I don't know. I just know he came out of prison jacked. I know all of a sudden he started wearing fucking shirts again. Motherfucker got way skinnier. His muscle all went away and shit. I've heard some different accounts about some things, but... I mean, I hope all those things are wrong, and he lives a very long life. Otherwise, it, it it's not going to end well. We've seen this shit before. We've dude, we've seen this before. So that's that's Gage, and that's that's my thoughts on that. I know everyone wants to just get behind him and support him, and he's fucking he's the man. Nick Gage is the best out there. And I mean, look, he he absolutely can be. He could he be a million times better than than he is now. If he was the Nick Gage and that fucking violent, mean streak and then not giving a fuck like he did before. That's, I mean, I don't think a single fan would be like, damn, he's not thanking us anymore. We're not getting fucking shout outs after the match. Like, I know he just tore it up, but like, what is he really doing it for? He used to tell us that he was doing it for us. Like, is he still doing it for us? Because he hasn't checked in with us in like three matches now, like. He, every fucking show he used to tell us, I do this for you guys. And like, if he doesn't tell me, how do I know? Like, I don't know what he does this for. It's bullshit. Like, why do you, you're ruining your own fucking gimmick. And, and to lean, I said, right from the start, when he came out the fucking second time and suddenly he was like super gang affiliated and cell block, this and that. It's like, dude, you spent over fucking four years in there. You didn't come out the first time talking cell block gang related shit you fucking violated par- parole went the fuck back in for a year and you came out like fucking <laughs> like straight up like like banging in little rock shit you know what i mean like what what the fuck what what happened in that year like who told you in that year man You, you weren't over enough when you first came back out like what the fuck went on so there's that. But then Sammy Callahan, I mean, that's that's been well fucking documented. I've said it a, a lot of times. But uh, Sammy Sammy lost his fucking mean streak, too. Sammy started being more gimmicky, uh, way more about the gross shit, the grabbing the asses, dick spots, spitting, all of that shit. And Sammy was doing spitting shit before. But, again, he was another one of these guys. He went up against fucking Fit Finley um, in, like, Evolve and, and that shit. And he had, like, a couple matches with him and showed him, like, no respect. He went in and uh, it was the end of the arena when they they shut down the arena and he had fucking Sabu by the fucking neck and was like, fuck, like, he looked like he didn't give a fuck about anybody who came before him. Like, even if it was a guy you knew Sammy used to be a fan of, he put a fucking persona out there in the ring. Like, he didn't give a fuck who you were. He was going to use you as a stepping stone. Anything that you believed in before that, like, yo, uh, this used to be Sammy's idol, you would, you'd sit there as a fan, like, he's gonna kill his fucking idol tonight, like, I think Sammy's about to make a fucking statement, and pass the torch to himself via this motherfucker's body, like, that was the vibe he put out there, he had that, like, that, uh, that kind of emo type shit, but he put out some shit, like, he didn't give a fuck, and, um, yeah, like, he just, His whole shit was so believable. He had such a dark, such a fucking cutthroat and, you know, no, no pun intended because he had the Switchblade conspiracy and all that. But he had such a cutthroat fucking gimmick that made you believe it. It suspended disbelief to make you think he's going to try to kill this fucking guy. He was stiff in motherfuckers. Uh, he had that, you know, they came for stiff. Documentary, the mini doc or whatever. Um, he had that like unstoppable force shit, and when he went in there with fucking Loki, it was like, what's gonna happen, man? Loki plays no games, and Sammy's not pulling any punches, and and Loki ended up having to knock Sammy to fuck out in that match, and Sammy still came through, fucking brought it to Loki. This, this is this is what I came, I I showed up for this type of shit. I showed up because I knew. This fucking guy was ruthless, and the guy who he had in the fucking ring with him, he was ready for that shit. So now I I am fucking interested. I'm really interested. Now he comes out with a fucking cat mask. Sometimes he's got you know a fucking trench coat, and people are chanting "porno coat" and like who gives a fuck about any of that shit? It all came back to the brutality for me. So when you when you you take parts of that away, and now it's just super gimmicky, and it, it's just you killed what fucking brought you there, like that intensity, that fire, all that shit is what got him fucking signed to begin with. I, I I can't make fucking heads or tails out of why why you would abandon that. I just don't get it. Um, another two things. If anybody else got any kind of shit, um. You know, throw out there. I could definitely cover anything you got. Uh, Another thing I don't get. uh, That. Explain that shit to me. I don't understand why everybody wants to fucking cross dress and everyone wants to try to act like it's it's like fun to pretend like you're you're super gay all the time. Uh, I mean, clearly Connor Claxton's got legitimate tits now. So I guess he's just going to start dressing them, motherfuckers, and, and he's going to be running around and dressing two dildos and shit. Like, I I don't know how to make—oh, for, for the people who are listening to the podcast, because sometimes I forget that uh, the audio side of that doesn't make any sense. But uh, Connor Claxton is wearing a dress, and uh, he clearly has tits now, and uh, he's holding two dildos. And I don't know what the purpose of this picture was, but uh, yeah, there's that. Uh so I I don't understand. I don't know I don't know the appeal of that. Um I was never I never was like super amused by the guys, you know, the teenage boys that fucking dressed up as girls every single Halloween. I felt like that was something like there was a a little hint on what what might be going on there with them, but it seemed like that was like their big their big day where they did some shit they wanted to do all year because they they had it like all fucking lined up uh seem to know their size everything i don't I don't know what the fuck uh another thing i don't get uh, okay the picture i'm showing now is adam buell adam bueller um is now accepting non death match bookings for two thousand and nineteen. This dude came out he has AIDS, and why the fuck would you be wrestling at all? There's clearly no money in it for you. Let's 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 cut the bullshit. So this is like a hobby that you're not willing to give up, despite the fact that you have fucking AIDS. So um, that's unbelievably irresponsible. I don't give a fuck if they're non-death match bookings or not. If you get in the ring with this guy, you're a fucking idiot. Um, people have gotten busted open in non-death match spots many and many a times. Uh, I, I can't imagine what's worth wrestling the guy with AIDS what's what's the point of that um it's bad enough this guy bled with tons and tons of fucking people before his diagnosis it's just this is what i mean when i when it comes to like the morals and the type of shit of wrestling like it, it's just it's unbelievable what's what's allowed and um you know when you get to be uh you know i'm 41 years old now so when when I look at some of the shit that goes on and I'm like, I can't dumb myself down and pretend like that's all right. Just because someone else decided, yeah, yeah, we'll just go with that. We'll just do that now. And, uh, yeah, fans, uh, fucking support me. Like, Oh, what the fuck? I don't get it. So, uh, I think that's all I got for tonight. Um, what else? I think that's it. Today I hit fucking 18 years at my job. That's, uh, I think a pretty big fucking accomplishment, right? Um, yeah, I, I love what I do. What can I say? Uh, I can tell you a million fucking stories. Um, definitely gonna do that cat podcast soon. Um, I had said that I was gonna do an episode on just cats, and, um, definitely gonna throw that episode down soon. Um, I gotta start getting more uh, puppet content up on my YouTube. Um, I need help. Um, I had put out there that I um, was trying to do something. It was the Jim Henson uh, formula of filming puppets. So what he would do is behind the set, he would have, yeah, you know, you're down low, your hand up real high. And you can't see what your puppet's doing. You can feel what they're doing, and all that, obviously. But to interact with another one, uh, uh, yeah, right, Pierre. Anyone that gets in there is an asshole. Uh, what? Uh, oh yeah, I, I don't know, Russell. I mean, the the fucking this uh, idiot's husband from the team mom bullshit like killed a dog the dog, like, bit the kid or something, and he, he went and he fucking killed it, so, like, this retard's, uh, fired off the show or something, I don't know, That that's all I really know about it, I didn't even know these people existed, and then I just saw the link up there to, you know, this, this guy killed the fucking dog, like, it, it just, I, it's hard to even wrap your head around shit like that, I just have so much love for animals, like, they're just, they're just such, uh, they're, they're inspirational. You know, you can see the stuff that um the, the stuff that they pull themselves through. There's animals that have been suffered from abuse. They've been through all sorts of bullshit, and you know you take them in and you take care of them and you nurse their wounds and all of this stuff and they're immediately fucking forgiving. And you see like the the type of thing. I mean, a dog will lose its leg or a cat will lose its leg, and within like fucking weeks they're running around like they like they never had it like. The amount of uh, pain tolerance. Uh, there's so much to be admired about an animal and their their forgiveness. So, uh, yeah. Um, so, uh, what was I going to say? Oh, so uh, the Jim Henson uh, method of filming the puppets is back. And, I mean, we're talking back in the 70s. He'd have a little black and white monitor on the floor that was showing what the camera was filming. So he could see his puppets interacting with each other up there and seeing exactly how they're positioned. So, my initial uh, thought process is I want to get, because I was filming with my iPhone, I want to get, I thought you can mirror your iPhone to your iPad. Apparently, you cannot. Uh, So, I bought a fucking iPad, this one that I'm showing you, you know, fucking Joey's picture and shit on. (laughs) Uh, So, that's what I'll use it for now is uh, interactive Facebook stuff and uh, writing down my topics. Other than that, it's fucking like... $100 $100 fucking silly investment. Uh, I got it refurbished, luckily. I didn't spend like the full, full freight on it. But um, so uh, I thought I was going to be able to mirror my, my image on that and have that on the floor. And boom, technology, awesome, right? Uh, yeah, no. Uh, after toying around with a bunch of apps, tried a bunch of things, this and that, actually called Apple fucking tech support the other day. And after a couple, please hold, please hold, hold on, let me check, da, da 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 come back. Yeah, you can't do that. Now, you can mirror your iPad, your iPhone, from your iPhone to Apple TV. You can mirror your iPhone to, uh, like, an Apple computer, but not iPhone to iPad for some fucking reason. Like, that AirPlay feature doesn't really exist on the iPad, um, at least not... To an iPhone, which I thought was fucking ridiculous. Um, and I got a brand new iPhone. It's like the fucking 10 Max type shit. Uh, iPad 3. Um, it, it's, just, it's fucking impossible. So, what I'm asking for help as far as tech people. I have a Canon 80D camera. I know you can get a cable and run it to a monitor. I need to know what kind of cable. I need to know what kind of monitors cost effective wise because I'm really just using it for this one thing so I could view my shit behind the, you know, behind the set. I'll just call it a set. Could be a couch, could be whatever. Um, so I need to be able to figure out a cheap monitor cable situation that I could run to my Canon 80D, you know, run about 10 feet of cable so I have enough room between, you know, the, the camera and where I'm doing my puppets. And, um, that's, that's that, that's my new hopes that I can get somebody to help me with that. Um, I'm going to have to go to like one of those camera stores or something and ask those people if I can't get any help online, but I'm hoping I can get some shit going with that because I could really, really do big things with these puppets if I could, uh, actually see them interacting because i could do my stuff with with my guys but then if i could start to incorporate more and get my girls involved with doing their puppets and interacting with each other it's going to be so much easier to teach them and get them on point with how their puppets are positioned if they could see what their puppets are doing up there and then uh yeah so um just just throwing it out there because fuck it why not um if anyone knows anything hit me up by all means uh shoot me some links of some things I could, uh, pick up and, uh, you know, I could show you my camera or whatever I got the, the jacks on it. We figure out the whole deal, but, uh, yeah. So thanks for tuning in guys. Uh, I think that's about all I got next week. Uh, I'll be back with some more shit. Um, uh, my races start fucking next month and I'm fucking hyped. I've been training my ass off. I can't get fucking motivation to run and it's fucking killing me. I need to run, and I don't want to run, uh, like, more so than ever I don't want to run, and it's fucking really fucking with my head right now, so I'm going to try to fucking get out there and run this week, like, I have to, it's fucking crazy, oh, Juan, we're right on time, I'm wrapping the show up, uh, oh, so, shit, make you feel like you're right at the beginning, um, so yeah, man, uh, I think that's about all I got. Uh, again, thanks for everybody tuning in Uh, check out, I got your five stars With Jeremy Uh, doing his thing over there Interviewing all the up and coming Fucking wrestlers out there Letting you know where the fucking talent's at Before you even see them Um Juan just woke up, what kind of shit Um, and then uh (laughs) And uh, yeah Check out THT Podcast With Shaheen, Boxman Everybody over there Uh Check out uh, Nuclearly Heat Graphics with uh, two out of three Muppet pieces. And uh, that's all he'll ever do. He's now doing documentaries. So the chance of, uh, you know, the chances of him doing that now that he's doing documentaries, unless he's doing a documentary on drawing a third fucking Muppet piece, I feel like I'm fucked on that one. But, um, yeah. And there's some really crucial characters missing from that batch so i'm really really gonna need that third one gotta keep motivating them it's just gonna become like a running thing like i'm gonna play this as often as my outro on every fucking show uh yo bobby anthem you're popping up on podcasts again please listen to my shit and get it back on twitter man I, I like to know that you're you're enjoying the show and all that so uh much love man uh so yeah check everybody out everybody i mentioned uh the Deathmatch Russell Podcast For all your uh, Deathmatch Russell Excellence And a bunch of people you never heard of Probably never will again But check them out And uh, yeah Juan uh, You caught the best part of the show It's over uh, Talk to you motherfuckers later Peace Talk to y'all later Have a nice night Stay dry It's raining again Tired as rain the grass green. I won't complain about that That's all I gotta say I'm of here I love all of y'all and uh Shit You're all a bunch of fucking assholes You been in the gym bro You know why? DJ Hyde fuck you You don't have the guts to be what you wanna be You need people like me. I'll listen to your, to your podcast, and I'll find everything out. You know what I mean? You need people like me so you can point your fucking fingers and say, that's the bad guy. So, what i I make you? Good? Black Jesus tell me, tells me all oh, the time to listen to what you gotta oh, say because you be blazing people. And I'm like, well, I gotta hear it now. <laughs> you just know how to hide. I lie. Me, I don't have that problem. Me, I always tell a fool. Even when I lie. to choose a jet radio. Jesus! So say good night to the bad guy. I'm going to tell you something straight off the motherfucking press. I ain't coming for no food,